think everybody's looking forward to an off day. I don't think that changes no matter what most times of the year, but um, we're getting healthier. Just a day for everybody to, to kind of get away from it, frankly, is, is good. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I needed one extra second to comb Twitter really quick because I wanted to make sure Aaron Rodgers didn't say something that I missed today. He spoke with the media in front of his locker, and I saw some quotes today. I'm just making sure that I'm not missing something huge because we're going to talk about the Brewers and maybe a little NBA. We're going to talk with David Gasper. Justin Garcia is going to be here today. I have all these topics lined up uh, between you and me. I would gladly push all of these topics to tomorrow if, you know, Rodgers would give us something, something juicy. That's what people really want to talk about. So I, I have some things to say about Christian Yelich and the Brewers. We're going to talk about the finals and me and David Gasper. We're going to have a great time at 530. And that's great. I love all that. 100% all in on all those topics. I can't wait. But just on the off chance, Aaron Rodgers um, said something that maybe, you know, got the, got the folks going got the people going i just i want to make sure i don't miss out on that free content because that's a show that just carries itself you throw out some crazy aaron Rodgers topic and just just sit back the show will run itself i have to do very little but it looks like we're good i don't think rogers said anything crazy today (sighs) one day down we made it folks we did it now just wait until tomorrow (laughs) and see if we can do it again this is the wisco sports show my name is grant bills i am so glad you're here Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. We are going to talk Brewers tonight. That's where I want to start. We're going to talk a lot of Brewers in the second half of the show. They return tonight against the Phillies, who just fired their manager. Great. So the Phillies are riding the the high of firing a manager. Whenever you fire a manager, the team always gets a bump. I don't know what it is. It happened with the Packers and their head coach 2018, too. I was at the Joe Philbin game uh, with my coworker, Drew Kelly. Voice of local sports here in lacrosse. We drove over to Lambeau to see Joe Philbin burn two timeouts in, or not two timeouts. Well, yeah, burn two timeouts. Burn both of his challenges within, <laughs> what, three minutes? Remember that game against the Falcons? Yeah, anytime you fire the coach, you're, you're going to get a little bit of a bump. No, it doesn't last very long. Uh, you may also remember week 17 in Detroit when the Packers were blasted out of Ford Field which would have been really cool for Lions fans if there were any Lions fans there. There weren't. It was a tomb. It was one of the weirdest games that I watched. So you do get a bump from firing the coach. The bump doesn't always last very long. So we'll see. Hopefully the Phillies are running out of post-Joe Girardi gas tonight. That game is at 7-10. So we're going to talk about the Brewers. David Gasper reviewing the brew. Like I said, we'll be here at 530. A little sneak peek because I'm guessing, and I hope this isn't the case for everyone, but I'm guessing if you're listening right now, you're probably not still going to be listening at 5.30. Now, if you're driving home and you're going to be home in a half hour and then you're going to go do things with your family or make dinner or whatever, check it out on the podcast because it'll be great. You can listen to it on your own time, and I appreciate those of you that do that. The things we're going to talk about with David Gasper, just to give you a little taste if you're not going to be listening at that time. I want to talk about Christian Yelich, yes, and I want to talk about the injuries and, and all the things we've been talking about, but you know you know, what I really have a bone to pick with today? Lorenzo Cain. I'm kind of pissed off at Lorenzo Cain. And 
I hope that when I present my argument to David Gasper on why I am upset with Lorenzo Cain, that he'll be like, you know what? Yeah, you're damn right. And then we'll both be angry. And how fun will that be? So that's coming up at 530. But like I said, if you're listening now, chances are maybe in the next hour and a half, uh, you're going to be doing something else. So check that out in the podcast. I'll put it up just after six o'clock. Those are some of the things I'm going to hit with Gasper. And of course, a fan favorite moment that we get on the show every week. Uh, we will both name a random brewer. Last week, it was Alfredo Figaro and Braden Looper. However, will we top that this week? I don't know. I actually haven't picked my random brewer yet. Uh, coming up at 4.30, Justin Garcia is going to be here, Bucks Radio Network. I actually talked to him earlier this afternoon and recorded the conversation. I'm going to play it back for you at 4.30, and it will be a two-parter. It's a twofer. The first part, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals and the Bucks and the Bucks offseason and the hiring of Darvin Ham former coach, but assistant by the Lakers. That's pretty cool. So we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to take a break and come back and do something that I've been excited about for the last week. Dead and company starts their tour this weekend for the deadheads among us. I know we have some deadheads be here at four forty-five because Justin and I both created our perfect grateful dead set list, eight songs, two encores, and we lay them out. Justin has some funny stories and some cool things. It's only about nine minutes long. So if you don't know the dead, Hopefully, you still find it interesting, um, but it's not going to take up the whole show. So that's coming up in about a half hour. 608-796-2558. You can text and call me there. You can find me on Twitter if Twitter's your thing, at Wisco Grant. Hunt for Renfro has been restated from the 10-day. Trevor Gott put on the 15-day with a right groin strain. We've all been there, guys. Okay, let's, uh, let's get the show started. It's only Tuesday. All right, so we only have... Two hours worth of the Wisco Sports Show in the books so far for the week, right? And think of everything that we talked about yesterday. We talked about the NBA Finals. I led the show with that. The way that the Golden State Warriors make me feel when I watch them. And how Jason Tatum needs to figure a couple of things out and continue to hone his game as he gets older and matures. We talked about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Those comments from Rich Eisen about how much pressure Aaron Rodgers is under. It feels like there's a lack of pressure. I don't know why, but it certainly feels like there's been this exhale this offseason, right? Like, whew. Maybe that's because Aaron Rodgers signed his extension. Maybe that's because the Devontae Adams situation has resolved. I don't think it's for the better. It's for the worse. He was traded, but it has resolved nonetheless. Yesterday I made the analogy. If you take a big exam and you don't do very well, well, it stinks that you didn't ace it, but also it's done and over with. And there's a certain solace in that, right? So we talked about the finals yesterday, Packers and Rodgers, Brewers and Yelich. Today we're going to talk about Packers minicamp. We're going to talk Bucks with Justin, some Grateful Dead stuff. Think about all the topics that we covered yesterday and the topics we're going to hit today. The Packers are in the dog days of their offseason. We're far enough removed from the draft where we're no longer really talking about it. And we're not close enough to roster cutdowns and training camp where we're talking about that. So we're in a holding pattern with the NFL and with the Packers. Okay, we're talking about the finals, but the finals are between the Celtics and the Warriors. Now, I really hope it's a good series and I hope we get some great basketball and I'm certainly going to like watching it and talking about it, but it's not our bucks. We don't have skin in the game. Our team isn't playing in the finals. We're frustrated with the Brewers right now and we're frustrated with the Brewers offense, but the Brewers are actually playing. This is something I started to think about today. Brewers lost three in a row going into their off day after, I believe, playing 18 games in 17 days. They were shut out twice. Shut out three days in a row if you take Colton Wong's bat out of the lineup on Sunday afternoon because their four runs were all off Colton, run, Colton Wong homers. I, I guess I should take that back. 
They did score another run in extra innings, but that was with the ghost runner, so I don't even really count that. Would we care at all about the Brewers losing three in a row if the Packers were playing right now? Or if the Bucks were still in the finals? Would we care? Brandon Woodruff is hurt. Freddie Peralta is hurt. Renfro just is coming back from an injury, maybe tonight, hopefully tomorrow at the latest. Like Brasso is hurt. Urias and Adamas are hurt. Narvaez has COVID. Would we care about any of those injuries at all if Giannis and the Bucks were in the finals right now and they were tied 1-1 with the Golden State Warriors? Would we, would we care? We'd be aware of it, but would we be dwelling on it? Would we be whining about it? Would we be leading the Wisco Sports Show with it? Probably not. I'd wager, I'd reckon no. You know, Or what if there was a Rodgers bombshell that dropped today? If Aaron Rodgers came into camp and said, uh, you know, after a, a cleanse and a lot of off-season meditation, I think the Packers and I, I think we're toxic for each other. And I am, as of today, demanding a trade. When I leave Green Bay today, when I leave the facility today, I am not coming back. I've played my last down as a member of the Packers. If he said that today, would we be... Would we be worried about the Brewers finally getting that off day? God, needed a day off. No. God, no. Yelich has been a ghost. He has one RBI since May 13th. He has yet to get a hit in the month of June. Would we be talking about moving him up or down the lineup? Would we be talking about him at all if there was anything else going on? And there are sporting events going on. I actually watched a hockey game last night. I watched the Avalanche sweep the Oilers. Look, I remembered. Look at me. Look at me. I'm proud of me. You should be too. Look at me. I'm remembering details about a hockey game I watched. There are things going on, but not important things with our teams. Do you get what I'm saying? The Brewers play such an interesting role in our sports lives, right? Their season is six months long. So there's a certain thing with baseball where it's kind of always on. The same way that music might always be on in your office. Like if you work in a grocery store, the music is always playing in the background. If you work in Quick Trip, you work Marketplace, Festival Foods, there's always music playing in the overhead system. That doesn't mean you dwell on every note of every song, right? If you're busy, let's say let's let's say you work in a grocery store, right? And you, you got to get the shredded wheat stocked, which shredded wheat these days, what is that, $12 a box? I don't even know if it's frosted. It's probably closer to $15. you are you're stocking away, and you're, you're getting those boxes up on the shelf, and someone comes down the aisle and says, hey, where's the flank steak? And you're like, I'll take you around the corner. So we're marching around the corner. We're going over to the deli. Here's the flank steak, sir. You making it on the grill? Why, yes, I am. Oh, do you have your charcoal? We have charcoal right over here on the end cap. It's on sale today. Just grab a flyer on your way out. Scan it with your checkout professional or whatever you say at festival. I don't know. Chances are, in all of that, in the midst of all that, you're probably not paying attention to what song's playing on the speakers. Maybe Fleetwood Mac, maybe Gypsy's playing. I don't know. I'm stocking shredded wheat, and then I got to help this Jamoke find flank steak. He doesn't even have charcoal. I doubt his barbecue's going to be a success, but I can only do so much as someone who's stocking shelves. I'm really putting myself into this fantasy, by the way. So I'm stocking the shelf. I'm helping this guy. I'm probably not noticing... The music that's playing overhead. But let's say two 30-year-olds around and it comes time for me to take my break. So I step into the break room and I oh, sit back and relax. What's that? Ooh, now I hear the music. What song's playing? Ooh, I like this one. Oh, Train. I love Train. By the way, Train's coming to Ashley for the arts. Should I go? I've never been. I'm not a diehard Train fan, but I think it would kind of be funny to go for content purposes. Yeah, Train. Like, who's, 
Who gets amped up about training in 2022? Do you get my point? Right, the Brewers are always on, and we selectively choose when to get locked in and care about every little thing they do, and we selectively choose when to, eh, Brewers are, they're number two today. They're number three today, right? The way we talk about the Brewers, it's a win-win for me because if the Brewers win a crazy awesome game, we can come in the next day talk about it for two hours. It's the biggest win of the year. Brewers are great. Jace Peterson, that son of a gun. Look at him, just big moment, eating it up on Thursday night. But if the Brewers lose, well, you know, it's only one game of 162. It's only May. You know, deflect, 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 deflect. And I think I'm nicer to the Brewers than I am to the Packers. When the Brewers lose a game, I, I'm just like, ah, oh, shucks. I get bummed. When the Packers lose a game, I get angry. And I, and I look immediately for someone to blame. Now, the dynamics of Major League Baseball and the NFL and the schedule of those leagues, it's a little different. Don't get me wrong. Right? But with the Packers, I'll get angry. With the Bucks. Now we have championship expectations for the Bucs. They also delivered us a championship, so we're a little bit nicer to them. The Brewers are our lovable losers, right? Except they're winning. Except the lovable losers for the last X number of years are winning, and they're enjoying success, which is perfect for us. <laughs> we can talk about all the good things they're doing when they're winning, and when they're losing, we can say, ah, it's baseball. You're going to lose some games. Let's see what's going on. OTAs. So what's going on at minicamp. What did Matt LaFleur have to say today? Let's listen to that press conference. It's a win-win situation for me in the show. All I'm saying, yes, it stinks that the Brewers' offense is sluggish right now, and it stinks they lost three in a row, and all the injuries stink, and Yelich is a problem, and it's a problem we're going to talk about. But as of right now, June 7th, 2022, would we be worried about any of these things? If the Bucks were playing in the finals? Or if Aaron Rodgers was lighting the media sphere on fire with some outrageous comedy made? No, probably not. Now, that doesn't mean we can't talk about the Brewers. We're about to take a break, talk about them more. It's just a good reminder that if there was something else going on, we probably wouldn't be dwelling on the things that we're currently dwelling on. And that's okay, because that's how sports work. We dwell. We're dwellers. We're fans. It's just a good reminder before we get too bent out of shape about any one of our Brewers' frustrations. Let's take a break. Two things I want to talk about before we talk to Justin Garcia. The way in which the Brewers drag into an off day, it's a problem. And Yelich's spot in the order. Let's have a discussion. I have some ideas on if you wanted to move him around, what that would look like. Long story short, I don't think they're going to move him around. But if you were to move him around, I would go A, B, C, D. I would do these different things. Let's talk about both of those topics coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, yeah. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an awesome day. Brewers are back tonight. Thank God. Brewers needed an off day. I get it, but I was bored last night. I was watching hockey, which I, I could feel the juice. I could feel the excitement. Hockey's not my thing, but I could understand why people are all about it. It's a bummer because the game I was watching last night, Avalanche, Colorado, and the Edmonton Oilers. Yep, I can remember. Went to overtime. It was actually pretty entertaining. Um, it just stinks because the abs were up 3-0. So while the Oilers were trying to win a home game and the place was bumping, it was also, I mean, the series was over. But any chance I get to watch Connor McDavid, I'll take. I'll take that. I guess Duncan Keith is still in the league. Wow. I had a buddy in high school 
who's a diehard Blackhawks fan. I had some friends in high school who were big hockey players, and I still talk to them today. One of them was a Red Wings fan, which I understand less than the other one who is a Blackhawks fan. And then the rest were Wild fans. But we just like to push the buttons of the Blackhawks fan. So while I didn't watch hockey or care about hockey at all, I would I would check scores or I would check on Twitter to find things that when the Blackhawks would lose, I could poke at him a little bit. And I remember Duncan Keith's name always being thrown about. How is he still playing? I was so confused when I turned on the game. Is this a replay? Oh, okay. All right, this is live. So I, I watched hockey last night. We need the Brewers back. Thank God. They take on the Phillies tonight just after 7 o'clock. We're talking about the Brewers right now. We're going to talk Bucks and Grateful Dead with Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. He also serves as our jam band correspondent. About a week ago, I texted him. I said, hey, Justin, let's talk hoops next week. And then also, in honor of Dead Co. starting their tour, what if we both did homework and put together our perfect, our ideal Grateful Dead set list. Eight songs, two encores. I gave him homework, and he did. He actually went above and beyond. I talked to him earlier today and recorded our conversation. It's an awesome chat, so I can't wait to play that for you coming up in a few minutes. 608 796 You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. The Brewers have this issue of dragging into an off day. They got this, this college student side of them where as soon as they know that an off day is coming up just they just melt down they limp into an off day big time i mean how many times three or four days leading into yesterday did you hear oh we really need the off day we're really excited for the off day we're we're hurting we need an off day you know you do need an off day mhm yep they did I, I think when you speak things openly and you say things openly they become true to a certain degree does that make sense if you keep saying something to yourself you'll eventually start to believe it whether it's true or not the brewers did need an off day but maybe one complaint that i have about craig council and i never complain about craig council is that maybe you just you, you keep the off day to yourself because the more that you go in front of the media and the more you talk to players and say we just got to get to the off day we need the off day then the player's like, you know what? God, we do need an off day. My elbow hurts. Damn. Elbow doesn't actually hurt, right? Or the shoulder doesn't actually hurt. But if your manager continually says, we need an off day, we need an off day, we need an off day. Well, yeah, yeah we do need an off day. Sheesh. So maybe Craig Council talks about it a little bit too much. Maybe the players hear it too much. Maybe the players talk about it too much. I don't know. I get they played 18 games in 17 days or whatever the number was. But you can't mail it in when you see that off day on the schedule and we've seen this last couple of years, this has been a truth since Craig council and the brewers really started contending together in 2018. Remember they went into the all-star break that year. I think they lost five in a row to the pirates and it all culminated in that final game where the ball went through Eric Kratz's legs and it was just a nightmare. It's been the case going into off days, going to the all-star break, heck even going into the playoffs. When you put a finish line in front of the brewers, they start to slow down. (laughs) That's how they work. So you got to get that in, in order. You got to get that figured out. And I don't know how the Brewers solve that problem. Another issue that they need to at least think about is Yelich's spot in the batting order. He's got one RBI since May 13. And some might say, well, RBI doesn't tell the whole story. It tells enough. Yeah, it does. <laughs> because in the three spot, you're meant to produce. You're meant to put runs on the board. If you're hitting three and four, it's your job to put runs on the board. He's got one RBI since the 13th. One. That's just not going to cut it. That's not enough. 
Now, if you have one RBI at the bottom of the order, that's a different thing. Or I think, and, and Council's shown this time after time again for the last couple of years, put him at the leadoff spot. If there's ever been a struggling hitter, Craig Council, it's like the antidote is put him at the leadoff spot. I don't think that's the worst idea for Yelich. The one concern I have about moving him down in the lineup, what if you move him down and he keeps struggling? Or what if you send him down to the minors and he keeps struggling? Then he's toast. Then he's cooked. You know what I mean? You got to be careful. Because with Yelich, you only have so many buttons to push. It's like, this is a great analogy. Some of you will get this, some of you won't. But if you go out and, and you celebrate with friends, you have a bunch of drinks, and the next day, you're a little hungover, right? What I always tell people, I, I feel like I'm pretty good avoiding a hangover. One thing you cannot do the day after a long night of drinking is shower in the morning. You can't do it. It's not going to help. You think it'll make you feel better? It won't. And the problem is if you shower in the morning, well, now you have, you've wasted your shower. You have pushed that button, and it's not solved your problem. So now you're just going to be, like, sweaty, Shower sweaty the rest of the day. What I what I like to do if I drink the night before, don't shower until late in the afternoon when you're almost back to 100%. And then when you take that shower, that's the final nail in the coffin and the hangover is put to bed. But you can't play that card too early. And I think moving Yelich around in the lineup is a dangerous game. If you, if you move him down and he doesn't start to hit better, well, what's next? You don't have, you, you can't just take another shower two hours later. Now you're wasting water. That's ridiculous. And you're going to dry out your skin, and now you're hungover, and you have itchy skin. You can't have that. So I'm, I'm, I'm about maybe moving him in the order. I'm actually more interested in moving him to the leadoff spot. I think that might be even more productive. Let's take a break. Come back, talk Bucks with Justin Garcia from the Bucks Radio Network. That's next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show david gasper reviewing the brew gonna be here in one hour and we're gonna talk about christian yelich we're gonna do all of the brewers topics that you'd expect us to do but i'm actually upset at lorenzo kane i'm not happy with him and it has nothing really to do with his performance well a little but not really of course we'll mention random brewers for the fun of it as well that's coming up in one hour Right now, Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. We're first going to talk about the NBA Finals and the Bucks' role in how the Finals came to be, and then the Bucks' offseason, including the departure of Darvin Ham, who's now going to coach the Lakers. And then after that, we're going to come back and uh, talk about some Grateful Dead stuff. So here's our conversation from earlier today. I give you Justin. We're here with Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. He is our jam band correspondent. Uh, we're going to talk dead in a few minutes. Justin, you also like hockey. You're a blues guy. I watched the hockey game last night. I want credit for that. Yeah. I, I don't watch hockey. It's not that I hate it. It was a really interesting experience. It felt like I was listening to people speak in English, but I don't like I wasn't understanding it because I watch so much sports. So here's the color yeah. guy. Here's the studio show. But I understood none of it. So I, I was trying to enter your world last night. Um, yeah, I'm still not like an expert. I just know enough about it. It's a it's like a cumbersome set of rules, too. If you're a newbie. You have no idea what, like, why is this offsides and why is this this and why do yeah. these guys change out so frequently? So, yeah. Well, I saw Duncan. I was watching on mute for the first half because I was on the phone and I saw the name Duncan Keith on the closed captions. And I was like, no way. Yeah. Duncan Keith's still playing for it. I'm, I'm a little bitter because um, the, the Avalanche are a really, really good team and they should win rather easily. Mm -hmm. There is uh, only one team that has taken a game off of them in the playoffs so far, and uh, it was the St. Louis Blues who actually took two. So Colorado swept in the first round. They swept in the conference finals. 
They lost twice to the Blues, and they would have lost the series if our goaltender didn't get injured. So um, it's the old adage of like, well, at least we lost to the champs. I guess I'm there, although mm-hmm. I'm kind of at the point now where uh, I hope the Lightning win in the East, and I hope the Lightning win the Cup, because if the Blues can't win, I would rather see a team win three straight and start to build that. They've won X amount of uh, series yeah. in a row, because I think it's, I want to say it's the Islanders that have the most consecutive series wins, I think in all playoffs, not just the NHL at I think it's 19 in a row or 18 or 19 straight series that they won, which yeah. is insane. So if my team can't win, I want to see somebody come close to that. So we're cheering for history. I like that. I'm, so along those same lines of losing to the champs, the Bucks may be looking like they may be lost to the champs. Now, I do not subscribe to this at all. If a team beats me, I hate them, and I want them to lose as soon as possible. I don't, I don't care about – like I take no solace in losing to the champs. Celtics Warriors, what's your feel on on that finals? I know I think we've talked about this. Once basketball is done, you probably want to break. So I see you going to Brewer games. You're tweeting about your blues, but I know you've been watching yeah. a little. Celtics Warriors, what do you think? Uh, I, first of all, it just so happens that I have been gifted Brewers tickets several times already in the offseason. Uh, so I think I've I think I've been to four games this year. Good seats, which, it looks like, too. Uh, yeah, they've been pretty nice. Um and that's probably that's definitely the most I've been to in an individual season since uh, like in that stadium alone, since I was actually doing the Brewers postgame show in 2015 was the last year I did that. It's the most I've been in that that building since then. So this is very much a rarity. I've probably get, been to four games total the last four or so years. Um, but I also I don't really care to say, well, at least we lost to the champs. Good. But uh, I do think the Celtics are much better than the Warriors. And it's just this weird thing with the Celtics that the Bucks did it last year too, where it was what Charles Barkley would joke about a lot in the semifinals and to a lesser extent, the conference finals of like the Bucks are a really good team. And they're going to win the title, but man, they are a dumb team. Yeah. The Celtics do a lot of that where you look and like, how did they lose this game? Or, or why is this close right now? I thought going into the, to the finals, the Celtics would win in six. Mm-hmm. Although about that. you could have talked me into five. And after game one, it was like, all right, you could really talk me into five. I still think they're going to win the series in six. And if they don't, it's because the Celtics were being the Celtics and just letting teams get back into it. I remember that line from Charles Barkley last year. The Bucks might win the title, but they're so dumb. Well, and it was that way to the, to the very end with the heat where it's like, it was that way with the Bucks too. Yeah. Like, honestly, the Celtics outplayed the Bucks in five of those seven games. Yeah. They did. And with the Heat, they advanced to a game seven. They, they were one game away from the finals. And I was never right. once sold on the Heat and whether they were good, especially without Tyler Hero and, and their offense. Offseason, any takes? Well, what are you thinking on Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, some of these guys that are up in the air? It, it's tough because we believe they would have won with Chris Middleton. I think they would have won rather easily. But now we're looking at an offseason where they didn't accomplish their goal and we have to think about things. Yeah, I mean, the, the funny part is the Bucks celtics series went seven, but I would put it in the same category as the Celtics-Heat in that they went seven games, but was it really a good series? You know, like, and, yeah. and if Chris Middleton was healthy, I think that series would have been what we said with the Nets and the Bucks last year. We're like, eh, that was really definitely the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe the NBA Finals. Um, I... I we would all, and this is not inside information, we would all be stunned, I think, if Pat Connaughton was not back. And you would think especially teams, uh, I've already seen Miami, like, man, Pat Connaughton would look good here. But those type of good teams are going to want Pat Connaughton. He really, I don't want to say made his career, but transformed his career in Milwaukee when he came here after a few in Portland where he was 
like a 10th man with the Blazers. And now he's become a bona fide role player in the NBA and a big one at that. Um, how he's flourished in the system under coach Mike Budenholzer. And it is worth pointing out, you know, you get the right guy. Role players really do kind of excel under Bud's system. We've seen it with Bobby Portis too, but uh, also the relationship he has with Giannis. And uh, I would add this too, when the Bucks and that entire group announced plans for the soccer stadium slash concert venue in the deer district. Yeah. Who was there for the announcement? And part of that group was Pat Connaughton. So I would assume Pat Connaughton will be back. Bobby Portis to me was always the, man, it would be great to keep him, but I just think he's going to get a decent amount of offers and you can't really fault Bobby for, you know, giving you a team friendly deal twice Mm -hmm. and now taking generational wealth. But I've been a little surprised by the reporting we've seen from Mark Stein and a few others that it, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion around the league that Bobby is going to remain in Milwaukee with the Bucks. So uh, those are obviously two big pieces. And, you know, I think it's easy. And it's the difficult thing about the playoffs is it just becomes this overall conversation on bad contracts. And it's easy to say, man, the Bucks need more of this and this. And they do. They need more you know, wing defenders and scores, but every single team does. And a lot of the guys that you may have had gripes about and said, well, he didn't look great for the duration of the series, whether it was Bobby or Grayson Allen, George Hill, they look a lot different if Chris Middleton is on the floor in that series. So that's a big thing to keep in mind. It's going to be a really, really interesting offseason for this team because last year was the, this was great. Now let's see what they do with Bobby Portis. And, you know, with P.J. Tucker and everything that went on there. But this is the year to me that it's, okay, it's somewhat last year to see what do we do with these, you know, couple of guys. But you do also get the sense, and I know I said, well, everything looks different if Chris is there. You do get the sense something is going to happen. I'm not saying anything yeah. major, but something is going to happen to, to, to try to address some of the depth and the role players on that bench. Darvin Ham is now the head coach of the Lakers. I really like him. I, I don't really have any reason other than, I, I don't know. I like him. I hope he does well. I'm happy for him. What did you think about that news? Uh, good for him. Um, I was just having this conversation the other day with uh, with, with Ben Brust. Of, nice. Man, uh, it sucks to lose Darvin. You knew it was going to happen sooner or later. I don't love the Lakers job for, for Darvin Ham. And, you know, the tough part is you can't not take a job. When mm-hmm. you've been up for a head coaching job, uh, Period. You can't. But when you've been up for it as, as long and, and gotten so close as, as Darvin Ham has, you can't get the offer and then say, yeah, no, thanks. I'm looking for something else. So I understand why he took it. I would, you know, if I was Darvin, like, oh, what about that Hornets job or something yeah. else where I can actually you put build in a something. system and build something and have some say? I mean, everywhere he's been, players love him. And it was, I mean, it was funny, too, when Bud was out for COVID earlier this year and Darvin was coaching the night and day difference of just, and this is not a knock on butt, but just yeah, the I was going to say, care, careful now, careful. The, the overall tone and uh, vibes in the uh, the media rooms when Darwin would do his pregame and postgame, and you would notice, like, man, we've gone on like eight minutes here, and Darwin is still talking versus the ninety seconds from yeah. Bud, and like, no, I'm giving you nothing. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to see him get it, but. You know, that's the other interesting part of the offseason. Now there's a big opening on Bud's staff. And uh, Charles Lee has been in those conversations, too, for quite a while. 
Um, there's a good chance he slides down and becomes the lead assistant now, but Charles Lee's another guy that this year or next year, he's going to get a job as well. And I've already seen people try to kind of tie it together of, well, lead assistant is open. A lot of coaching openings have started to fill and there is some history here. Mm-hmm. What if Quinn Snyder yeah. joined him, which I would very much be in favor of if yeah. Quinn Snyder brought his offense here. Yeah, I love that. I was going to ask you. I'm glad you went there. But yeah, I've seen a lot of people float that around. I'm happy for Darvin Ham. If there's one thing I can take a little solace in hoping that he succeeds in L.A., the former player, bulldog, tough guy role has worked in Boston when they needed a shakeup. Um, hopefully it's that. I mean, it worked with Ty Lue. It's not quite the same, but that former player with a little cachet to come in, at least to a LeBron James team and kind of be respected and listened to right away. I hope it works. It's maybe not ideal. Like Taylor Jenkins going to Memphis, great. You can build something from the ground up. Or I actually like James Borrego. I don't really know what they're doing in Charlotte, but Charlotte would have been another good one. So I take a little bit of solace in that, hoping that it works out. But that Lakers job is is tough. Well, and, uh, JB's another one that you would look at and say, mm-hmm. well, maybe he could join the staff too because he has the relationship with Bud as well from their days in San Antonio. I like James Borrego. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Let's take a break. Uh, I've been hyping this up for over a week. I've been thinking about it for over a week. We're going to talk Grateful Dead. We've both created our ideal set list. We're going to do that next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Remember, we're going to get back to the Brewers here in a few minutes. David Gasper reviewing the Brew going to join us at 530. We're in the middle of playing a conversation I had with Justin Garcia earlier today, our friend from the Bucks Radio Network and our jam band correspondent. And I figured we'll have the rest of the week to talk about mandatory minicamp. Uh, spoiler alert, nothing happened today. Nothing interesting. So because Justin likes to talk dead and the dead are starting their tour this week, we're getting some tweets from some listeners who are ready for this. I asked Justin to present me with his ideal Grateful Dead set. Eight songs, two encores. Here is uh, what he has. Here's his homework. We're back with Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. We talked hockey uh, and we're about to talk Grateful Dead. So Den Company starts their tour this week. I know I've talked to a couple of listeners who are going to go see a show. I believe you, Justin, you have high ups in the music and entertainment and sports world. You're getting like right behind the plate tickets to the Brewers. So you, you got, <laughs> you got the plug. So what I asked you to do like a week ago, I got very excited about this. We both put together our perfect Grateful Dead set, eight songs, two encores, tried to follow some rules. I bent the rules probably more than you did. I'm sure if there's any big deadheads, they're going to be like, man, how could you not include this? They're all listening. We've had this marked for weeks. They're all right here right now. And some of the really long jams, well, this doesn't need to be Dick's Picks volume, what is it, three or two, where it's just six songs and it's 20 minutes each. Like, yeah, I don't need that. I'll just go with the compact, like maybe this goes seven minutes, but that's it. So there's no Dark Star. I avoided those. I avoided space and drums and, and all of that. Okay, well, cool. So as you are the guest, and you, I'm assuming, did a, a, a much better job at this than I did. We'll um, see. Why don't you go first? So it's eight songs and then two mm-hmm. encores. Um, well, take us away. Uh, all right. One through eight, or one through ten, essentially, and, and just know what the, the two encores are. All right. Um, I started with a very specific specific version of this as well. I started with Casey Jones from the uh, February show at the Fillmore in New York. And just the way it starts with the drums at the beginning, it's the perfect way to start a show, kind of get things going. From there, we transition, I know you said you left this one off, to Brown Eyed Women. Uh, I love that song, the 70s and 80s versions of it. So my specific version would be The Day After Christmas in 79 in Oakland. 
Uh, that's my favorite version of the song. Started to kind of keep it going into a little bit of the party vibe here. So then I went to, uh, with Music Never Stopped, which is another favorite of mine. And uh, my favorite version, early August in 82, great year, they played at Alpine Valley. Then kind of keep the same feel. These two are very similar, playing in the band. Then I felt like, all right, you need something else to get towards slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I went with Althea and another version of it from the 80s. Um, I think the specific one I was listening to was the October 14th, 83 show at the Hartford Civic Center. And then from there, I knew I was going to include this, and I don't care if it's cheating, although I think you said you did the same. Yeah, I'm not breaking it up, and this is probably my favorite actual song or songs of theirs, but the Help on the Way, Slipknot, and Franklin's Tower. One song. And the version that I love the best is August the 7th at the Great American Music Hall. And it's on one of their uh, live albums that I, that's like between that and uh, one from the vault is the album that it's on. But between that and the Casey Jones, like those are the best ways to start the show. So I went to that and then uh, Estimated Profit, which is another favorite of mine. uh, And I closed the actual show with Truckin'. And uh, this was another Dick's Picks one from the early 70s when they played in Tampa. So that's how you close the show, because you needed something like that to be the closer. You'll save the the line down for the encore. So my encore starts with Sugary, and uh, this was off one of their road trip albums from right before New Year's in 79 in Oakland. It opened that show. It's an incredible version of it. You love that, so that show. You're all, yeah, I'm always here about that show best. for you. I love it's it. It's the best. Uh, so that opens the encore. And then I felt like, all right, I was torn on what closes it. There was a couple that I looked through. Uh, I was thinking about Sugar Magnolia. I was thinking about Ico Ico. Gloria that they covered too from Van Morrison that they did a lot in the mid 80s. Great song. There's a really good version of that from November of that year. But I just said, all right, I'm just going to go with if you're in the mood for it, it's perfect. I went with Broke Down Palace. Son of a bitch. You stole mine. Yeah. I knew that's knew so, that's what you were going to do. So that good. was my closer. But the toughest omissions for me were Uncle John's band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wanted to put Dire Wolf or Dupree's Diamond Blues in there, but those were songs that I was like, if I'm picking 10, I can't put this in there. Uh, I had Loose Lucy in there a couple of times. as like the midpoint of the show. Let's here. We'll throw Bob a bone. And um, the other one that I really, really, really wanted to put in there was he's gone. Great. But it just didn't make sense with the way the uh, set list was structured. So that's what I came up with. We don't actually have that much overlap. We have a little, we have the perfect amount of overlap. Broke down palace is in my show as well. Okay. So I followed some loose rules, probably not as tight as, as you did. So here's my set. We're going to open with Bertha because I love Bertha. It's, I just, I, I love dancing to it. It's a song that I can't listen to without dancing. My favorite version is actually a Dead & Co. And it's on YouTube. I don't think it's on Spotify or anything. Morrison, Colorado, 1021. Uh, so it's in October. They're all bundled up. It's super cool. And you can probably on Amazon because all the Dead & Co. shows are on Amazon Music and, like, nowhere else. Really? Okay. So I I just watch it on YouTube. So I open with Bertha, get everyone dancing. So classically, this would open the door for, like, a me and my uncle type of number two. There's no way in hell I'm putting that song in my show. So this might be cheating, but Uncle John's band is my two. It's the first Dead song I ever heard. I have an Uncle John who plays in a band. So growing up, it always made sense. I'm not sure I have a favorite version. I love them all. Number three... Direwolf. I don't know if it works or makes sense in that order. 
Um, I even love the studio version of the song. The pedal steel is awesome. Yeah. It's just an awesome song. I think Dead & Co. does it really, really well when they do it just fast enough. They can sometimes dangerously slow it down. There's a great version in 2017 in Boston. It's on Spotify and on YouTube. Dick's Picks Volume 17 from 91, also in Boston. Good acoustic versions of Dire Wolf, too, if you can find them. Number four, we slow it down. Maybe you get a little too slow in the middle, but I don't care. It's my show. Um, Peggio. I love Peggio. And my buddy who loves the dead doesn't get it. And based on your facial expression, I don't know that you get it either, but that's no, fine. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> um, 83 in San Fran. It's on YouTube. It's not on Spotify. It's maybe the best Jerry Soul I've ever heard. I can't watch it, though, because it's kind of depressing. He looks really, he looks in a bad spot. Um, number five, the classic Peggio to Sugary double that I've seen yeah. from shows. Um, I just love Sugary. It's an awesome song. Uh, six, Eyes of the World. It's a perfect song. And this, Justin, you'll appreciate Probably one of the biggest omissions on mine. Yeah, and the, hey, and that's fine. Ideally, you would have a two-set show, and it would make it in one of the sets, really, when we think about it. So it's not that criminal. This is one of the few dead songs where I like it with every keyboard player. I like it in the early 70s yeah. with Keith. It's a more muted kind of laid back. But even with Brent in the 80s and 90s, it's brighter, and it's it's there. I love them both. Also, if you're into guitar, what Bob Weir does in the song is, like, witchcraft. I don't I don't get it. Um, so that's really cool. So I have seven and eight, and this is where I brought all the speed. Uh, I think this song is like terribly misplaced. I don't think it would ever end up in this spot in a show, but I put it there anyways. Give me a turn on your love light into going down the road feeling bad double. Again, it would. I don't think it would ever get played in this spot. Um, but I love that song. The Frankfurt Show in 72. You, you need sharp Jerry for this. You need sharp young Jerry for the best version of this song. Yeah, I uh, turn on your love light is one I don't listen to much just because I don't really care for the non pig pen version. Yeah, I don't like the Bob, I, and I like Late 80s Dead, but it's not the same with Bob. It's not. Yeah, that's not. I'm. It's not shade on Bob. I had never even heard Turn On Your Love Light until a couple of months ago when I went to the Popcorn Tavern and a cover band played it, and I was, I was floored. I, 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 I was transformed. And then they went into going down the road feeling bad, and then that, of course. Uh, my eighth song is Help on the Way, Slipknot, Franklin's Tower. Give me Brent without a net 89. So close the show. Yeah, which I'd feel bad about, but that's what I saw at Wrigley last year. So I feel like yeah. it has been done. It can be done. Um, my encores, uh, the start with the slow one. So we went opposites with this. Broke down Palace <laughs> in the first encore spot, which is what I saw last summer. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know. I just love the song. I love the song Hard to Handle. And Oh, yeah. I think John would play the absolute out of this song. I think John would absolutely murder this song. And I don't know that they play it anymore, but I love that song. It's another Pigpen song. The difficult, the most difficult part for me, and by, like this is the perfect, like you go to see him at Alpine or Wrigley and they play consecutive nights and you see maybe one song is played, but other than that, two very different tones and two very different set lists. So that's essentially yeah. what we gave the people here. But I initially wanted to do what you kind of did and build in here's the way we start the show and the energy. And then we almost do a semi just slowed down acoustic mm -hmm. set, but with 10 songs, it's just not enough to do that. Like yeah. I wanted to do a run of a slower version of uncle John's band, El Paso. I would have put in there. You're, you're an El Paso guy. Really? I love it. Yeah. That's surprising. It's, it's me. just perfect for Bob. Wow. Hmm. I would not have guessed that. You, it's not that you're a Bob song hater. You've always, when we've talked, you've always leaned towards the Jerry songs more than the Bob. If we had a longer set list, like the other almost perfect closer that they do, 
is not fade away. Yeah. Like if you just go with that to close it. But again, I got to the point where it's like, well, I only have 10 songs. I don't dislike that song, but I like everything I put in here better than that. You could mix that in with a turn on your love light. Yeah. Going down the road thing too. There's a couple of those on albums that are all excellent. Thanks for the time, Justin. I appreciate it. Anytime. That's Justin Garcia. Find him on Twitter at TMJ Garcia. I love Justin. And can I just for a moment say that I thought it was really cool that I told Justin about this last week. I'm like, Hey, we should talk basketball next week. And it's been a long time since we've spent like more than 60 seconds talking about the dead. And I know some listeners like it. So what if we did like eight minutes and we both put together like our dream set? And he's like, yeah, that sounds fun. And listen to how much time this guy put into it. Like I, I'm keeping the party vibe going. Now we're going to slow it down. We're going to fire it back up. I thought that was really cool. And Justin's leaving out songs that he loves because he, he wants to stay true to how these sets were set up over the years and how they've been done for the longest time. And just as a host who's had Justin on for a long time, I thought that was really cool of him um, to put all that time and thought into something that he didn't have to put all that time and thought into. So that was really cool. I took a picture of both of our set lists. I actually printed them out because I thought that would be cool. I'm going to tweet a picture of them at Wisco Grant. Uh, they include all of the versions that we talked about. So if you wanted to check out any of these songs and you want to actually hear the specific version that Justin or I mentioned, that's going to be on there. I'm going to tweet those out at Wisco Grant. And if you're on Twitter, tweet at Justin and be like, hey, dude, that was really cool. Thanks for going all out for the show and putting some time into it. I thought that was really cool and it was very much appreciated. Let's take a break. Let's get back into the Brewers. Talk about the storylines coming out of that three-game losing streak. We can talk about Christian Yelich. Talk about how the Brewers always lag into an off day. Always. And... David Gasper around the corner from reviewing the brew at 530 as well. A lot of good stuff yet to come on the Wisco Sports Show. Stick around. We're back in two minutes. I think everybody's looking forward to an off day. I don't think that changes no matter what most times of the year, but um, we're getting healthier. Just a day for everybody to, to kind of get away from it, frankly, is, is good. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Appreciate Justin. That was fun. I had a great time. I hope some of you did as well. If you don't like talking about music and the dead isn't your thing, well, guess what? We're about to talk about the Brewers. So now is your time. And you can join me. I'd love for you to give me a call or a text. 608-796-2558. It's the number to call and text. You can also find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant and at Wisco Grant on Twitter. I just tweeted out the set lists that we created. Man, Justin, Justin killed it. And by letting him go first, I knew he was going to have Broke Down Palace as one of his encores. I knew he was going to beat me to that. It, he's got good taste. I can't be mad about it. I would I would have hoped he had. I would have been worried about Justin if he didn't have Broke Down Palace in his encore. Eight songs, two encores. You can find our set lists. Uh, it was a good time. And if you're just joining us now and you have no clue what I'm talking about, well, check out the podcast. It'll be up in a few minutes. After six o'clock, that is. I, I can't put it up now. That's... I'm hosting a show. I'm busy. This is the Wisco Sports Show. David Gasper reviewing the brew will join us in a half hour to talk about all of the Brewers topics of the day, mostly the bad offense and hitters who are struggling. We talk about 
Christian Yelich and maybe do the Brewers need to tweak something or do something differently here before too long? We'll talk about all that. We'll also both give you a random brewer for the week that we dug up. I found mine about an hour ago and I love it. I'm going to give David Gasper a breadcrumb of a clue and see if he can't snipe this guy. Because I was going back and looking at his stats when he was with the Brewer or with the Brewers. And I feel like if I give him one code word, one buzzword, he just might be able to pull this one down out of nowhere. Like a line drive zipping over his head. Maybe. I uh, I maybe would get this if you gave me the buzzword that I'm going to give Gasper. So we'll see. My random Brewer to Gasper, he will give me his coming up at 530. Brewers lost three in a row over the weekend. I started the show back at 4 o'clock by saying, yeah, it stinks, but... If there was some crazy story right now with Rodgers, I don't know that we'd care. If the Bucks were in the finals, I don't know if we'd care. I think sometimes we care about the Brewers when we want to care about the Brewers, and then there are other times where we set them to the side. And it happened that over the last couple of days, nothing else is going on, and the Brewers had a rough couple of outings. So we're freaking out. I mean, the offense isn't great, but I don't know that we should freak out. 608-796-2558. Binks is on French Island. What's up, Binks? It's been a while. Uh, well, yeah, it's been a little while. I'm sorry about that, uh, Crazy Grants. I enjoy her, enjoy her hearing you and uh, Evo go back and forth. You, I don't think you guys are. Uh, you guys don't have this nemesis going on. I think you guys are. No. Um, you guys are kind of like uh, um, Apollo Creed and <laughs> and uh, Rocky. You know, when they train together in Rocky Three. We're uh, so, we're very. Um, by the way, I've never seen Rocky Three, uh, which Evo loves to bring up. Oh, um, oh you missing. I know, Eva, Ebo and I, we have our stretches. We'll have we'll have a month in a row where we disagree on everything, but we're on a good streak right now. Things are good in the in the Bill Ebo yeah. household at the moment. Yeah, but I got to go back. You know what? And if the Bucks were in the finals, no, I'd be yes, I would care. Yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be glued to that. Um, I, you had a good point this morning. Um, I don't think Ebo made the point, but what if Yelich hit higher because he sure as hell should not be hitting third? Yeah. Um, but he's he's drawing walks, and I did look that up today during my lunch break, and he's drawing out enough walks. He's still striking out. He's a power hitter. They still strike out. So why not put him uh, in a spot where, you know, put him down? I know that's going to hurt your buddy Council's ego, but wow. you know what? I, I think if he can get on base and draw some walks, why not? I, why not? I, and Council and, in the past, Council has, it seems, Binks, and maybe you can speak to this because you, you follow along. You said you're, you're a Brewers fan that follows every pitch no matter what else is going on. In the past, when a hitter's struggling, Council will throw him in the leadoff spot. He, that's, he's used that as a strategy I think it makes sense for Yelich to hit higher rather than lower. I, I think if you move him lower, you're just moving the same problem down in the batting order. If you're hitting leadoff, at least you have a chance to put a really elite base runner on a couple of times a game. Yeah, he, and he's got some speed. We, we know that from mm-hmm. uh, um, what was the year that he stole those bases? I, what Was that his uh, MVP year? Probably. I, sorry, I can't remember. That's um, but he's got some speed. He can uh, definitely... Um, but when they put him, I think, fifth or sixth last year, it was a bruise to his ego, but he started to hit better um, at the end of last year when they put him down in the lineup a little bit. Um, but he just didn't draw the walks that he did. He just 
started, you know, making some better contact with the ball. So I like what the conversation that you and uh, um, that Evo had. We just got a lot of injuries that you did. The, you put that Brewer uniform on, man, you're, you're just going to get some injuries. And, you know, a couple people coming back, is it tonight? Like, um, so I can tell you I the, the I can that, tell you the latest, and I actually have the audio from Craig Council. So when we're done talking, things I might just play it. He says that they need one more day sure. of Willie Adamas being a hundred percent. So what sounds like is going on with Adamas? He came to the ballpark ready to play today, and he could have played, but they're going to give him one more day. Hunter Renfro was activated okay. earlier today. I have not yet seen a lineup, so we're waiting on that still. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, and that. You know, Renfro was carrying the team. He was carrying the offense for a while there. Um, yeah. But those solo shots that he would, that anybody hits, they're not going to win ball games. And we just, we got to put some runners on base. And if that means putting, if, if it's experimenting with putting Christian Yelich at one or two, I like your guys' idea. I think, I think it's, I'm going to say it's brilliant. I mean, wow. I like it. I love it. Wow. So, well, I, I, I didn't mean, expect this it's today. It's worthy. It is, it is worthy of uh, uh, a state recognition uh, award show, uh, Wisco Sports Show. We were that? overlooked this year by so, the awards committee, and I'm not salty about it. All, that's all I'm saying. We were overlooked. That's what I'm – I'll leave it at that. Uh, man, you know, if I mean, my, my voice is being heard from what? Eau Claire down to Madison and Stoughton and – you know, from what, what, what was the uh, the, okay. the old intro for Bill Michaels? From the lakefront to the riverfront. That's not quite <laughs> where your voice is being heard, but somewhere along somewhere along those lines. <laughs> well, maybe Ebo's tuning in right now, and maybe Ebo's seen Rocky Three, and he's got his head in his in his, in his hands, going, "Oh my God, who is this guy?" So. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's but listening. Anyway. He's got nothing better to do. Binks, okay. I appreciate the call. Let's talk more. We're into brewer season now. I show your face every once in a while around here. You know what? We're going to Loggers games too, buddy. Ooh, yep. Big homestand next week. I'll see you at the ballpark. All right. Check out time. <laughs> Have a good one, Binks. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Um, if Ebo is listening right now, it, look, whatever movie you're thinking of bringing up, chances are I haven't seen it. And I, I feel like I'm always on the defense. I feel like I'm always on my heels. And the rest of the world is always telling me, why, you've never seen this movie? How have you never seen this movie? My own mother did it to me this morning. And I love my mother. She's separate from this. But I had someone, I had someone tweet at me last night. Who was it? I think it was Tony in Texas. Find this tweet, scroll back. He tweeted at me and said, is, this is a huge thread. Let me scroll up is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days the best rom-com ever? And then he added a bunch of people. And I said, I don't know. I've never seen it. And my mom texts me this morning. She's like, you've never seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? No, I haven't seen it. I have not. Uh, and I haven't seen Rocky Three. And as we've highlighted many times throughout the last couple of uh, weeks here, I've not seen The Godfather either. That doesn't mean I won't see it. I, I, I watch so much TV already. Why, why is the rest of the world dictating to me what movies I should see? Oh, You've never seen Rocky? Oh, well, have you ever seen National Treasure 2? Why don't I get to decide the movies that, that are standard viewing? I always feel like I'm on my heels. Uh, Dave is in Middleton, 608-796-2558. What's up, Dave? Yeah, talking about the Brewers mm -hmm. and um, trying to be positive uh, with respect to their lack of hitting. What do you think about this? Uh, 
I'm assuming that Lorenzo Cain is not going to be with the team next year. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if this might not be a perfect time to uh, kind of slide somebody into his uh, position in the field and uh, get ready for next year. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? Dave, so I, when McCutcheon was struggling, I'm, I'm not really worried about McCutcheon. I think he's going to be a useful player this year because he's been a good player for such a long time. I'm not worried about him. I'd like to feel the same about Lorenzo Kane, but last week he talked to, well, actually, oh yeah, this was last week. He talked to Adam McAlvey um, just a couple of days ago. And this is the quote. I'm going to read it to you. This is Lorenzo Kane last Friday. Mentally, honestly, I don't know what to do up there right now. My swing is kind of all over the place. I haven't been able to figure things out. They already told me before Renfro got hurt that my playing time was going to be a lot less, but Renfro got hurt. So I've had to get in there probably more than they want me to right now. The situation is what it is. As long as I'm in there, I'm going to try to go out and compete, get it done. And if I don't, hey, that's all you can do. Why is Lorenzo Cain saying like, well, I don't know. They probably don't even want me in there. Like, hey, Get it together, Lorenzo. Okay, can you not? I'm not saying this is mopey, but it, Dave, to your point, it doesn't sound like Lorenzo Kane wants to be playing right now. It sounds like he's given up the ghost. <sighs> he's not that old. We act like he's 53 years old. What is he? 30? I don't know. I gotta look it up. Hold on. I, I think no he's care. about 36. Lorenzo Kane. Let's see if you're right. He is about 36. He is 36. Well done, Dave. You know more than me. I just, I feel like 36, we're not putting you in a home. Can you just give us a couple quality at bats off the bench, maybe a spot start and some good defense in center when somebody else needs a day off? It's not like we're asking the world from Lorenzo Cain, and yet I read some of these quotes, and it sounds like he doesn't even want to play baseball anymore. Yeah, that uh, occurred to me. <sighs> it's just frustrating. Who would we slide in? Tyrone Taylor? Are, we, are you thinking Tyrone Taylor should be the almost full-time center fielder? Yeah, uh, maybe not full-time initially, but kind of edge him in there and uh, see what he can do. And, uh, again, maybe get ready for next year. Yeah. All right, I got you, Dave. Have a good night. I appreciate the call. Thanks, Dave. 608-796-2558. Rockin' Rick. Uh, Oh, so on the rom-com front, Rockin' Rick, big rom-com guy. He says, it's tied with, he's just not that into you, maybe behind it. Who's in that one? Is that Brooklyn Deckler and Adam Sandler? I can't do Adam Sandler. I it, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a weird thing. He, he's always got a weird voice and he acts all dumb and I, I don't know. It's not about that. Is there an Adam Sandler movie that I do like? Hold on. Adam. Oh, you know what? A, uh, anger Management. That's an Adam Sandler movie that's awesome. He's in that, right? I'm thinking of the right one. Anger Management. Yeah. Do you know why I did that, Dave? But I, for the most part, love that movie because Jack Nicholson is funny. And Adam Sandler just isn't weird. He's just a normal dude. Oh, it's on HBO Max. Maybe I'll watch this movie tonight. Here's my other problem is I rewatch movies like nobody's business. Once I see one that I like, I'm like, okay, good. Now I'll just watch that again. I need to venture into new water. It's intimidating. I don't like doing that. Uh, Schuler tweets in. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant. Says, is there someone behind Yelich or maybe someone who needs more playing time where you can afford to put him at DH for a week? Here's another thing about Yelich. And I, look, you go through slumps and I, I'm not trying to just bang up on Yelich for the whole show today. This isn't an anti-Yelich show. It's not my intention. The thing with Yelich is I hear everybody saying, well, put him at DH so he only has to worry about hitting. <laughs> my brothers and sisters, he should only be worried about hitting right now as it is. 
<laughs> like, is he taking? Is he spending extra time at the ballpark to take pop flies in left field? I hope not. I'm not paying him to be an elite fielder. I'm paying him to not suck. I'm not paying him anything. The Brewers are paying him to not suck and to provide offense. Look, if Christian Yelich and his offense is so fragile he can't stand to play left field every once in a while, I just, I don't know. I'm not saying he's a lost cause at that point, but come on. You're telling me you can't walk and chew gum at the same time? And look, I'm not I'm not mocking the suggestion. Thank you for the tweet, Schuler. Um, I just, I don't know. Everybody seemingly has a solution, and I and I don't think they... They have merit. I think that idea has merit. Just put him at DH and let him focus on only offense for a week. Okay, sure. But is it Andrew McCutcheon's fault or Keston Hears' fault that Christian Yelich can't figure it out? Now they're going to lose at bats? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'd move him up. I'd move him up. I'd hit him second or I'd hit him leadoff. But then again, right now, what does it matter? Let's get Adamas back and Urias back. Because if you move Yelich out of the three hole right now, who are you putting in there? You know what? Tyrone Taylor? Okay. But Tyrone Taylor's cooled off. He's not the hitter he was a week and a half ago. Maybe Omar Narvaez, but Narvaez got COVID. So maybe this is a question for a later date when we actually have better options to hit third. Then maybe we could talk about moving Yelich up or down. I'm in favor of up. I'm not against putting him at DH for a week so he can just focus on hitting. But Jesus, like, can, he should already just be focusing on hitting. If playing a little outfield is really going to do you in, man, I... How do you ever get this contract in the first place? Let's take a break. 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Like I said, we'll talk Brewers for about 10 more minutes. And then we got to call up David Gasper. Get our guy on the horn, and we'll talk more Brewers with him. Brewers, 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 Brewers. Next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show, David Gasper in 10 minutes. My random brewer today is going to blow his shoes off. I think if I give him one clue, he might be able to snipe who it is. My random brewer played for the Brewers for one year, and it was in 2010. And I know all of you are going to remember him. And if I give Gasper one keyword, I think he might be able to get it. I'm I'm excited to put him to the test. So David Gasper coming up in a few minutes. We're talking about Yelich, of course, and I'm not trying to dwell on Yelich today, but with the Brewers off yesterday and not much going on with the Packers and the Bucks season's been over for a while now, I mean, what, what else are we going to talk about? Kelly and Barnabeld says, maybe we should stop talking about Yelich and see if the lack of media buzz takes the pressure off him. Kelly, I am flattered that you think this show has enough power to create or, or remove media buzz at all. <laughs> you know, I... Has the pressure really been that high on Yelich? That's a good question. I listen to a little Milwaukee radio. I know that's its own little world, but we got Bill Michaels, the big unit, Ebo in the morning, Dan Casper up in Eau Claire. It, is, every, is anyone coming into the studio and yelling into the mic and saying, we got we to gotta get rid of this guy. He sucks. He's garbage. He's trash. Although I did make the joke yesterday that um, he was trash. I said that I saw him at uh, the dump. Let me pull up this video here. I did go to the dump yesterday, and uh, this is the last time I will milk it for content. Uh, let me pull up the audio here. How the Warriors make me feel when I watch them. Here things. I just wanted to take this video to prove that I'm at the dump. You can see a big pile of rock there. I mean, I've never been surrounded by this much trash. We got shingles, metal, household waste, electronic. Oh, there's Christian Yelich. So maybe I... 
<laughs> Maybe that was mean. I feel like we're pretty kid gloves with Yelich. And I think partially because we know that we're we're connected to this guy. We're tied to this guy for years and years and years. So whining and complaining and getting upset that he's not hitting, well, it's not going to make it better. We're just going to drive ourselves nuts. I don't know that there is a lot of pressure on Yelich. I don't know. If he was in Philly, if he played Philly, oh boy, we should ask Ben Kenny about that. What kind of treatment Yelich would be getting in Philly? Oh, that's a good point. Here's what we're going to do, actually. Uh, I'm going to read, first of all, I'm going to read Dan's text. Then I'm going to play a clip from uh, Craig Council. And then while that's playing, I'm actually going to text Ben because I want his thoughts. Dan says, don't waste your time with any rom-com. They're all garbage and should only be viewed in attempts to get uh, some... Well, that's a term for that that I've never heard before, but I learned a new word. I I see what you're saying, Dan. If I was to try to, what movie would I put on? Hmm. If I was on the first date with a girl and she's back at my place, what movie would I? Probably the B movie. Something about Jerry Seinfeld's voice I've found to be a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, An Adirondack? No, that's not it. Aphrodisiac? Is that the correct Adirondack? How did they let me on the radio? Okay, here's Craig Council talking about Willie Adamas. So if any of you are worried about his status, um, what I said to Binks about 10 minutes ago was that it seems like he's 100%, but they want to wait one more day. Here is uh, Craig Council, and I have not screened this, so if Craig Council says a swear word, shame on him, uh, and it's not my fault. Um, so when Willie came in feeling good today, um, just just want to have a have one more good day. I love Twitter. Hold on. Let me start that over again. Sometimes it jumps. That's my bad. That's my bad. That was my bad. I'm, uh, I need to be better. Be better, Coach Bud. <sighs> this, kids, if you're listening and you want to be in sports radio one day, this is why you always download the sound ahead of time so you don't deal with this. Here is Craig Council. It's a good day. We'll, we'll activate it tomorrow. But we don't, I don't want any, we don't want this to linger. Um, I want it to be gone. Um, don't want any hesitation in how he's going to play. Council on Willie Adamas. So the way I read that, assuming everything goes according to plan, tomorrow, hopefully he'll be back. I texted Ben Kenny and I said, how would Yelich be getting treated by Philly media and fans? 
compared to how we are treating him. And he says, like Carson Wentz was and Ben Simmons, everyone here is nice to him because he was good five years ago. He effing sucks. (laughs) I said, a texter said that we should lay off him to decrease media buzz. I think we've been pretty nice to him. And Ben says, LOL, too nice. Uh, Is being overly mean good? No, but it is what it is in some places. I'd say the team should bench him, but the rest of the outfield sucks anyways. I... So what are you going to do? Thank you, Ben. We needed that breakdown. <laughs> I love Ben Kenny. Follow Ben on Twitter, at Ben Z. Kenny. He's a part of the Thrill Michael show. You hear him on Kenny and Heilpern every Thursday night. I think we've maybe not beat it around the bush with Yelich, but we're not booing him at games. You know what I mean? We're not tweeting at him all the time. I mean, Yelich has tweeted more about... You know, the problem with Yelich is he gets one big hit, and then he makes a big Twitter video about it, and he gets us all hyped up, and then nothing... Nothing happens for another month or so. Here, Here's a topic I was thinking of today, because David Bakhtiari was doing no physical activities today. He was in a ball cap on the sideline. Like, oh, oh, boy. And I, I thought of the question, uh, what will happen first? Christian Yelich hits two home runs in a week, or David Bakhtiari plays a game for the Green Bay Packers? Which one will happen first? I don't feel great about either. Now, Yelich has like a four-month head start. So there's that, not four months, but he's got all of June, July, and August. So he's got three months. What happens first? Christian Yelich hits two home runs in a week, or David Bakhtiari plays a game for the Packers? Which one do you suppose? It's a toughie. I don't know. You know what I was thinking about this weekend is they put the the Powerball home run leaderboard on the broadcast for Valley Sports Wisconsin, and they showed like seven guys, so Yelich was on there. Are we ever going to see Yelich on that graphic again? Like a month from now when it starts to separate and things start to narrow down, are we ever going to see Yelich on the Wisconsin Lottery Powerball home run leaderboard or whatever it is? I don't think he's going to be on there. We're just get used to not seeing him. It's a tough spot. I was watching 2019 Yelich highlights last night. I saw a video on Reddit that was all 40 home runs that he had or whatever, and I'm just like, man, he looks like a... Oh, he looks like a different player. Mike in Eau Claire says, if I had a $100 million contract, I wouldn't feel much pressure. It's a fun game. Eh, that's a good point. Tyler and Chippewa Falls, I miss the day of Cal Ripken. Go play, go Brewers. <laughs> Lorenzo Kane is a good dude, but if he continues to ground out and be a uh, low threat offensively, uh, there a minor is there a minor league outfielder can step up? I don't know. Maybe that's a good question. We're going to talk about Lorenzo Kane with David Gasper. I'm, I'm frustrated with Lorenzo Kane. He's on my list right now. I'll tell Gasper why, and we'll talk Brewers coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Tweet me at Wisco Grant. Do not call me because David Gasper is here reviewing the brew. Although, if you'd like to text, uh, go to town, 608-796-2558. Brewers back at 710 tonight against the Phillies. David Gasper, the Phillies are enjoying that uh, that fired manager bump. A little extra juice. Do you think that carries him through this series? I hope that bump runs out today because that momentum typically dies off pretty quickly. I hope it dies today. Hopefully, yeah, that, that would certainly be nice. I mean, you're facing uh, 
Jason Alexander making a second career start for the Brewers. So imagine, imagine uh, being they, an interim manager having to face Jason Alexander. I can't imagine. I'd be, I, I, I'd, I'd quit. I'd quit. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Time, time to hang it up right there. But uh, well, Hunter Renfro is back, so that's that's the good news. So that's certainly going to to help out this lineup and uh, hopefully be able to to stop the Phillies there and get the Brewers back on the roll. But on managers, really quickly, the Joe Madden thing today. Do you have thoughts on that? I guess I wasn't really following that closely, but it seems like a I mean, guy who just—it's kind of tough luck for him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they've lost twelve games in a row over there. I mean they—they they were looking good to start the year. You know, they—they they really need to end their playoff drought. I mean they, they've had Mike Trout, they've had Shohei Otani. I mean they—they've got these superstar guys, and they can't get to the postseason. And Joe Mann was supposed to be the guy with all that experience to get them there. He hasn't been able to do it. And, you know, with a long losing streak like that, it, it just kind of makes it that much tougher. So how long has he been there? Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that they moved on from him, but, you know, it may end up being the the right move, really. I, I didn't really like Joe Mann going out there to begin with. Was this his third year there? Was this his, He was starting his third season? I believe so, yeah. You know what? It doesn't really matter that much. It's just this is the Angels. The people go out there and you kind of forget that they're there and how long they're there. Like Pools was in Anaheim just as long as he was in St. Louis, which blows yeah. me away. Like I've told that to people and they're like, no, shut up. And I'm like, you can go ahead and look. But yeah, that's weird. I just, I wanted to ask you about that. So I am mad at a Brewers outfielder. Um, I rate actually. Uh, and it's one that's performing very poorly and it's not Christian Yelich. Um, could you guess maybe who it is? Um, I'm guessing it's probably going to be either Andrew McCutcheon or Lorenzo Cain. You know what? I'm not mad at Andrew McCutcheon. I, he had COVID. So it's Lorenzo Cain. It's Lorenzo Cain. And it's not because he's playing poorly. I actually put Lorenzo Cain and McCutcheon in this bucket together. When he went over 32 or whatever, I'm like, man, we got bigger mm-hmm. fish to fry. This guy's been in baseball forever. If anyone figures it out, it's him. I wasn't worried about that. I wouldn't be worried about Lorenzo Cain either, except this quote, which I'm sure you read. He, and maybe, maybe you didn't, but it was mm-hmm. with Adam McAlvey on Friday where he says, yeah. and I'm going to read it. Mentally, honestly, I don't know what to do up there right now. My swing is kind of all over the place. I haven't been able to figure things out. They told me right before Hunter Renfro got hurt that my playing time was probably going to be a lot less, but Renfro got hurt, so I've had to get in there probably more than they want me to right now. I don't care that you're playing poorly. Here's why I'm upset with Lorenzo Cain. Do you want to play? Do you want to play? Do you want to play baseball? Do you want to help this team? Because it seems to me that he doesn't. This quote, just I didn't like this. Bad vibes. I mean, I, I didn't. I never took it as, you know, him not wanting to play. I mean, I, I think of it more as just kind of him just being really down on himself and down in the dumps right now. Because, I mean, he, he's been slumping the whole season. Mm-hmm. He had maybe like one or two good games. He has not been able to hit the ball well. He's not, he's not been able to hit it hard. He's not had a single barrel all season. Um, and yeah, I, I think he is just lost up there at the plate. And, you know, that's a very helpless feeling as a hitter to, to be that lost up there um, and try to figure things out. You try to change some things, nothing works, and you still don't feel any better up there. Um, he knows he's losing his playing time. Um, and he knows that, you know, they, they're going to want Tyrone Taylor out there a whole lot more often. And, you know, as, as they should, Tyrone Taylor's yeah. been, been great, but. Um, you know, I think it's just more of a sign of, of a struggling player and, and it's getting to him mentally. You know, I don't think it's necessarily that he doesn't want to be there or, you know, or anything like that. It's more just he knows how bad he's been 
and he's doing everything he can to fix it, but nothing seems to work. And he, and he's just kind of run about out of ideas as to what to change. Cause he's probably tried everything. You know, he's been in slums before. Yeah. He's probably tried everything that usually gets him out of slums and it hasn't worked. So, you know, he, he's probably just at a loss trying to figure out what to do. I just, I don't know. Presentation is everything. The way you come across what you say. And look, he was probably just chatting with Adam McAlvey on the side. This doesn't have to be a big deal, but I read this and I'm like, man, let's get some fire. Let's get some bite. Like this is probably your last season with the Brewers. Um, well, like it, it's a definite sign that he is, he is completely lost up there. His confidence up there is, is almost none. Like, like if, like it's, it's definitely a very troubling quote to hear that from a hitter. Um, but I mean, that's just, I mean, it, it's almost, you know, it's like you feel sad for him, really, because you like you know he's trying. You know he wants yeah. to be a lot better than what he is right now, but he just can't quite figure it out. Whatever it is, fake it then. Fake it. Fake confidence. Fake. I mean, whatever. We want our athletes to be genuine. Now I want them to fake. You get why this is frustrating, but I also I'm I'm struggling to say exactly why. I, I don't know. He's been in the league forever, and he's been on World Series teams. And he's one guy, I mean, who else on this team's been to, has anyone else on this team been to a World Series? This is a team that's that's basically trying to build this from the ground up and do it. That's the guy I want to look to, you know what I mean? Whether he's hitting well or not. And this quote doesn't exactly tell us what he's like in the clubhouse and what he's doing every day. Lorenzo Cain is an important part of this team, whether he's playing every day or not. And I just, I, I want him to realize that and to be a part of this team any way that he can. And that quote was like, I don't know, like you just, you want the year to be done already? I mean, it was disappointing. That's all. We're talking with David Gasper, well, reviewing the brew. Continue, Gasper. Go go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, here's another thing with, with Kane. He is 12 days away from 10 years of Major League Service time, mm-hmm. which means, you know, 10 days or 12 days away from full pension, full benefits, you know, the whole you know thing that the union gives him for being, you know, in 10 years of, of MLB service. Um, and I think that's something that's also kind of weighing on him as well. Cause I mean, really kind of his whole journey, you know, from not playing baseball until sophomore year of high school, being a 17th round pick and, you know, coming up to play 10 years in the big leagues, you know, and really just kind of trying to fight it through to, to the end and to reaching that point. I mean, I think that's something that's also, uh, in consideration for him. That's true. A coming of age sort of thing. I'm less mad at Lorenzo Kane now. This was nice. This 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 okay. little discussion here was nice. I needed this. I've done my job. <laughs> you can you can find Gasper on Twitter at dgasper24. Okay, so Yelich. Um, I mean, what do we? How many years are we going to do this? You know, if he keeps playing like this, like, is this just going to be my job when talking about the Brewers for the next couple of years? Because that's what it started to feel like. And that's you know whatever we can talk about moving him up or down or doing this that the other thing. I just. If this is the player that he has become, then can we just can we can we just save our time and talk about something else? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it seems like every time I've talked to you, not just this season but last season, it's like, oh, Yelich is struggling. What do we do? And I I, I just I want to get past the point where I'm saying the same things and asking you the same things and just wasting time. You know what I mean? What are we supposed to say about Yelich at this point? Yeah, at this point, I. <laughs> Yelich just has to kind of kind of figure it out, and we have to kind of realize what Yelich is going to be. Because I mean, now he like he's in his age thirty season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the aging curve is not going to get better from here no. uh, for Yelich, but you know he should be better than than what he has been. I mean, he still shows you know some good advanced metrics, you know, with hard hit rate, barrel rate, things like that. But you know, now like over the past few weeks, it's kind of been you know declining a little bit. You know, the ground ball rate's going back up. 
Um, and just kind of, you know, it's, it's not even hitting into bad luck anymore, which we saw a little bit of that early on in the season. You know, now it's just kind of straight up not hitting super well. And, and it's just, it, it's frustrating to see. And, you know, I don't think we're, we're going to be able to see that MVP form uh, for Yelich, you know, potentially ever again, you know, maybe for, you know, stretches of like, you know, maybe two weeks or something, but over a whole season, I don't think we're going to be able to be there. So, well, you brought up some advanced numbers, and, and thank you for doing that because I actually had them open on my computer, and I wanted to ask you about them. So his exit velocity is just under 92, which is top 10% in the league. He was top 1% and 2% in 2020, 2019, 2018. So he's he's always been great at exit velo with the exception of last year. He's still hitting the ball really hard. He's in the top 4% of the league in hard hit percentage. So if I, if I was the biggest Christian Yelich believer in the world, and I told you, Gasper, Look at how hard he's hitting the ball. It will eventually come around. Like, what would you respond to that with? Because I don't believe that. I, but the, that's what the numbers would say. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd think eventually it would come around. I mean, you, you look at those, you look at those numbers—the hard hit rate, the barrel rate, everything like that. But, I mean, also the thing you got to look at there too is it's a launch angle, the ground ball rate. He's hitting it hard, but it's all straight into the ground. Yeah, you know, and with how they're they're shifting on him and everything else. I mean, that's. Uh, making it a bit more difficult as well because he, he's come more predictable. You know, he's not hitting the ball to all fields like he was in 2018, 2019. He could go the opposite way back then. But over the past few years, he's been, he's become pretty much essentially a, a dead pole hitter and they can Pulled shift so much on him. And, you know, it doesn't even matter anymore. So, you know, that, that's some of that stuff as well. But he needs to be able to get the ball in the air again, you know, and even during those, those prime years, he was hitting the ball on the ground at, you know, still fairly high clip um but you know he was able to at least lift the ball on occasion um and he really hasn't been able to do that much at all uh this season so i mean whatever it is either it's in his mechanics or in his head in his approach whatever um he needs to find a way to to hit the ball hard and in the air i mean hitting the ball hard is you know is one thing you know it's great but unless you hit it in the air you're just you're just beating it into the ground and to ground out to second that's all it is his expected batting average is 268. He's hitting 218. Well, people don't realize 268 is like the new 305. Like two, I'd kill for 268. I, I would do despicable things for 268. Does <laughs> does expected batting average factor in the shift? Does it factor in how teams can align? Because I guess in a vacuum, if you look at where Yelich is hitting the ball, you'd expect a lot of these grounders to get through. But with the shift in play the way it is in this day and age, it's just not how it works. So I, I guess I'm just... I'm confused. To talk myself in a circle, I don't know how he can hit the ball so hard and have an expecting batting average. All of the advanced numbers say that he should be not just slightly better than this. He should be way better than this. Yeah, it's it's just kind of a really frustrating thing both for both the, the team and the player and I mean and, and the fans as well. I'm mean, just kind of watching this and it's like yeah. you, you know it should be there. Uh, they're paying for, for him to be there and perform at this certain level and you know he just he hasn't been able to do it. I mean he just he beats it into the ground so often um, and just kind of pulls it there and just rolls over on, on everything. Like these outside pitches he used to take the other way. He's trying to pull and, he, and he's just kind of rolling over on him and it's a weak grounder to first or second. And, you know, it, it doesn't even seem competitive uh, at, at all. Do you think he was um, stealing so like, signs in 18 and 19? What? Do you think he was stealing signs in 18 and 19? No. Oh. Oh, Okay. I feel like a lot of teams and players were doing it. It's not even like a mark on Yelich. I just think if you could give everyone a truth serum, the Astros certainly weren't the only team. So do you think it's, you think it's injury? 
I mean, is it just a physical breakdown, do you think? I mean, he's had a couple of injuries. It just sucks because I thought he came into this year fully healthy and it could be injury. I mean, it could even be the the fear of injury potentially. I mean, you know, just kind of with the back issues that he had, you know, not wanting to to mess that up. Maybe you know, subconsciously, that's kind of messing with with his swing. Or you know, after fouling the ball off his knee, you know, just kind of turning on one of those inside pitches, and you know, ended up fouling it off his knee, and he doesn't want to do that again. So it may make him a bit more hesitant to want to turn on an inside pitch. You know, the pitches that he used to completely crush. You know, now he doesn't want to swing at them because he's worried he might hit it into his knee. So, I mean, that that could be something that plays into it as well. You know, mechanically, you know, nothing really looks too different. I mean, he looks mostly the same when it comes to mechanics. So maybe it is just kind of with approach. Maybe it is mentally uh, the issue. And, and for that, I mean, there's only so much, you know, you or I or, or the team or anyone else can do. It, it's If it's in Yelich's head, I mean, it's... It's going to be up to the hitting coaches. It's going to be up to, I mean, maybe he can find Corbin Burns, a sports psychologist, and yeah. uh, try to figure some things out. I don't know. But whatever that dude did with Burns clearly works. So maybe we can send Yelich to him. I'm all for some healthy character progression. Like, I, you got to take your lumps sometimes, especially in baseball, right? You need to, you need to find your way and then have success, and then you need to reinvent yourself again because pitchers or hitters, depending on who you are, will start to figure you out. And we saw that with Burns. I think we saw Peralta. Chances are, I think we see it with Ashby. Like, Ashby's pitching really well right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a really bad month at some point. Like, I don't I don't mean to put that on him, but that's just how the progression of starting pitchers works. Let's do our random brewers. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first, David Gasper? You're the one who's been hyping up your, uh, wow. your, your guy and all the research you did for this, so I'm, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what year he played for the brewers, but it was... I'm going to give you a wide range. It was in the last, it was 2005 or later. Okay. okay. It wasn't in 2005, but 2005 or later, just to give you a wide swath. Uh, he played here for one year. He was non-tendered contract at the end of the season. The, the keyword that I'm going to give you, and I think you might snipe this, is pinch hit. Pinch hit? Does that do anything for you? No. Pinch hitter. That's like all he was. That's all he did. He actually, um, in his year with the Brewers, led Major League Baseball in pinch hits. No, I, I don't know. Does Who is the, it? Does the name Joe Inglet mean anything to you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Joe Inglet. I wouldn't have got it either. I, I maybe would. I was thinking either him or Norichka Aoki. Maybe Aoki will make an appearance at some point in this fantastic segment we've created for ourselves. But, yes, mine is Joe Inglet, superstar Brewers bench player in 2010, also pitched a scoreless inning once upon a time, according to Wikipedia. Wow. The score was 12 to 4, and he he took the ninth, and he shut it down, closed it down, and he did so without ever eclipsing 57 miles per hour. That's all I know about Joe Inglet. That's my research. (laughs) Who do you have today? All right, so I am going to I'm going to go a little bit further okay. back in time. Um, I'm I, I decided to you know when kind of looking through with the random viewers brewers, mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to look at some of the worst guys. So I went to the worst oh. season in franchise history, 2002, right, and just trying to pick some guys uh, from there. And you know, so I'm I'm looking through and. I find a guy who, you know, most fans might think of as a buddy. That is what we in the business call a hint. 
Grant. Let me see. I'm looking at the roster. I definitely don't have a... Uh, why do I remember the name Nick Nugabauer? Oh, yeah. I, I, that's not my guy, but I love Nick Nugabauer. Do yeah, I know I, him? I love making those references. Where do I, I know him from? For a future he, one, but thanks for ruining that. Did he, oh, you can come back to it. <laughs> did he do something or play for another team? Why do I know that name? He was a big-time prospect coming up. Um, he made a couple of starts, and then he was scheduled to start one day. I was actually there watching him warm up in the bullpen. He blew out his elbow in the bullpen before the game, um, and he never pitched again after that. Went down, had Tommy John or whatever, just blew out his arm and just was not able to make it back. I'm looking at this roster. We would consider this person a friend? A buddy. A buddy. A buddy. In sp- what am I missing? No, I don't think I got it. Who is it? I'm looking at the roster right now. His name is Mike Buddy. Maybe I'm looking at an incomplete roster. Oh, right at the set, number 47. Oh, I got him a dope. It's spelled out. There I. you go. Mike Buddy. Oh. Mike Buddy. Way back in the day. Spent three seasons with the Brewers, 2000 to 2002. A couple years in the in the bullpen. Made what was it, 61 appearances. Had an ERA over four. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he was a good buddy. To many, uh, one of the one of the more fun last names as well. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my random guy, Mike Buddy. He went on to have a, a long and uh, storied career in athletic administration, was serving in the Wake Forest athletic department for ten years before finally becoming the athletic director at Furman University. Todd, oh, wow. Todd Furman University. <laughs> that's probably that's probably not a funny joke <laughs> um, for those who uh, know who Todd Furman is. This is this is good stuff. I can't wait to find a picture of this guy. His Wikipedia doesn't have one, which is always good. That's what we're looking a for. Reference. Uh, I'm gonna look at this his. Looks reference. like a nice, friendly dude. He looks like a buddy. He looks like a true buddy. Yeah, yeah, um, buddy, buddy. You go to the bar, have beers with, you know, <laughs> play some darts, win lots. His career ERA was four six seven. Not bad. Uh, not great. Uh, but that's the perfect guy we're looking for. So today, Joe Inglet and Mike Buddy. David Gasper, I have to go. I just saw what time it is, but thank you for the time today. Let's do this again. Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Take care. You are my buddy, my Mike Buddy, David Gasper. Good pull. I can't wait to tweet a picture of this guy. Ain't no one guessing him. He could walk in the studio right now. I wouldn't know who it is. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.